original intention was to be releasing stories and footage and document our journey all throughout. Through music and film, the Novel Voices Refugee Aid Project is designed to give voice and visibility to local and international refugee communities. We have visited already Denmark, Bulgaria, the West Bank, and two different refugee communities in the States. We were in New Jersey, Elizabeth, New Jersey, and also in LA. sure to schedule a number of concerts and every place that we performed we talked in those concerts about this project and about what we were doing. Anyone who asks we can tell all about amazing things that are happening and amazing people that we met. Day six, because music has such an uplifting community-building effect, it was easy for you in your camp visits to forget the darkness and sadness behind the innocent smiles of the refugee children. Yeah, I think we came into the camps with heavier hearts than what we encountered a lot of the times because the the people that we were working with were a lot of times kids they acted like kids and they were they were joyful and fun loving yeah you would forget what they had been through a lot of times in the yelling refugee camp we were working in the school in the danish red cross school we were working with specifically level four or five class which was a specific age range of like nine to thirteen i think when we were having an interview with alma the head of the school she was telling us of all the different breakdowns of the classes in this age range and that age range and she said and we also have a class that is a special needs class A lot of the kids are just, like, they're just kids here. All of them are just kids here, but there are some that have seen things that no human should ever see. It's left their mark on them. One of the mornings when we came in, all of the kids were together playing, all of the classes mixed together, and uh, we were enjoying uh, giving little private lessons and trying out, like, this is rosin, this is a bow, this is a viola, you can pluck it here, this is a piano, you can play here. And in the midst of all that chaos of all the kids running around and trying instruments and having fun, all of a sudden there was this epic fight that broke out. And it was all in Arabic, so we didn't understand what was going on. But yeah, apparently one of the special needs kids 
had gotten very upset. And we understood at that point what that class was for because this kid's reaction, he let out a scream I don't think either of us will forget for our whole life. It like pierced our souls. It was so upset, it was so frustrated, it was so, there was so much in that sound that it kind of just stopped us in our tracks. Everyone was fine after that, no one got hurt. Wow, That's their this reality. is real, this is yeah. real, yeah. The undercurrent of what is really here. Yeah, and, and we had another case with Behnam, actually, which was also sort of terrifying. So we were showing the, all the different sounds that our instruments can make, and Molly was showing the high harmonic sounds, which sound like birds, and I was showing lower bass sounds that could sound like an elephant or the bird sounds on the piano. And then we asked them, what kind of sound do you want us to make? One of the first reactions which came from Behnam was, can you make a sound of a bomb falling and exploding? for a second and we even I think we even did the sound because we, we didn't know how to react to that request better than just making it and doing the sound and just moving on as if yeah that's part of our reality we, we'll do it we'll accept it for now and we'll just keep going and hopefully we'll do something more positive next and day seven reality check is about when you meet your sweet, gentle, and very shy Egyptian friend from Kuwait. Yeah, the girl, Siham. Yeah, that was a moment in our workshop when we have been building a piece together with our composer, Fernando Arroyo Los Corain, who travels everywhere with us and helps us build these musical workshops. And in that specific one, we had a journey with a princess and a prince and a dragon and a vampire and a castle. And so we had asked each kid or some of the kids to go on the, on the board and draw how would they feel, for example, a certain state of mind, which was the, the moment of the story that we tried to describe. And when we asked now everything is resolved and we are happy. And how do we feel when we are happy? And we had Siham go on the board and she drew up a picture of a wedding, of a girl getting married to a boy. And we thought, wow, what a, what a reality check, right? Here we are, all little girls all around the world. And what do they dream of? <laughs> kind of the same things that we've been dreaming when we were kids. Not all of the things we've been dreaming of, but, you know, getting married, right? A girl, what are you, you going to do when you grow up? I'll get married and then I'll save the world, <laughs> for example. For example. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? It's a little girl that's the same as any other little girl we've ever known. And 
we were all kind of surprised at the fact that we were surprised at it. (laughs) (laughs) When you paste the name refugee on someone, they're foreign to you, they're far from you. They come from something so different. We have a mentality that refugee is something from Eastern Europe. They're people, they're little girls with hopes and dreams and all the same things as the little girls that we have here in America and in Denmark and in Germany and Bosnia and Russia and anywhere. Day eight, the yelling model, what you took from that, the great work being done by these refugee aid organizations and the Danish Red Cross. interviewing Alma and Martin, another teacher at the School of the Red Cross, they kept referring to this yelling model. What it essentially means is they accept the children into their class every day without asking them where they come from, what the problems that they have in their house are. They say, we try to leave all of that behind and we try to provide a safe, calm space into which they can have fun and they can play and they can learn. Without judgment, without even referring so much to their outside world, sort of like a refuge, a capsule into which they can go in every day and forget about their problems and just try to be regular kids and just try to learn, try to have tools with which they can then change their lives, be it back home or in Denmark or in another country. It sounds very idealistic, even just hearing Anna talk about it now. But we saw it. The second we walked in, all of the kids... They adore their all, teachers. They, they, yes, they just were going up and giving hugs to their teachers. They were playing games together with their teachers. Also, all of the age range, all the way up to age 18, down to the littlest ones, they were all playing foosball together and ping pong and yeah. um, playing outside and, and enjoying themselves together. And super together. respectful of their teachers, too. Yes. Whatever their yeah. teachers would say, hey, you're crossing a line, or don't speak now, please, or wait your turn, they, were, they would listen to them like...
Day 9 Mortiza, Danger from Afghanistan. Yeah, Mortiza was really cool. And, <laughs> and that was another bridge between all, different, all the different cultures that we experience in the States or in Bulgaria or in Europe. Or He was in love with rap music, but he wanted to rap in his own language. So it was super cool to hear him sounding like Eminem, but really not understanding a word about it. And he told us, actually, he said, uh, what, was, what was he singing about? How did he was sing, yeah, singing about being bullied and standing up to the bullies. Right. And fighting against the injustices or the tragedy and just having a positive outlook on things. And he had favorite artists back home, but also totally American artists that he loved and he would follow. And his dream was to become a famous rapper. He said that he was even performing. He invited us to his concert. Yeah, t- he was uh, performing together with a Danish kid as well, who was also a rapper. That they were writing together and performing together. <laughs> we were um, on lunch break, actually, when we met him. He was older than the class that we were working with, and so when we came out, we were eating our sandwiches, we were just hanging out around the foosball table, and we noticed this kid was like super cool dude (laughs) and like already kind of working on his rapping in the middle of the hall and so we went over and brought one of the translators and said hey we're Molly Nana like how are you who are you and he was on it he saw yeah he saw the cameras that we had he was like yeah bring it it's my (laughs) moment you want me to perform yeah Uh, I'm here let's do it And then day 10, Where Will They Go, is kind of a wrap-up, I suppose. Uh, in each country you visited, you had the opportunity to learn about how each refugee policy in each country is different from one another. And the more you learned, the more urgency you felt to follow through and bring to life the Novel Voices Project. In each of the locations we went to, we learned about the different policies for refugees coming in and seeking asylum in the different countries. In Denmark, there are basically three levels. When you first come in, you're in the first level of uh, waiting, hoping to have asylum, but not knowing if you will immediately be sent back to your country. Once you pass that level, if you're not immediately sent back, then you're going to the second level, which is the one that we were working with. And that is waiting sometimes for years and years, knowing whether you'll actually fully be able to to stay in the country or if you will be sent on to the third level, which is holding camps or expulsion camps. And those camps, it's really heartbreaking story because... A lot of the people that go to those camps stay there for years and years and years because their country won't take them back, but Denmark won't take them as well. And they can't leave, they can't work, they can't do anything. So it's basically like being in prison and going crazy for years till they figure out what to do with them. And any of the kids we worked with didn't know where they would be the next day even or the next five years or yeah it was a hard moment learning about about that 
that was the case of our translator also in one of the Bulgarian refugee camps. And I think it's not that their country won't take them back, it's that they don't want to go back to their country because it's dangerous for them. It's, it's unsafe. Very good. I really appreciate your time today. Thank so, you, Max. We look forward to chatting with you again soon.